0: Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Hello Church, welcome to our online platform. Today we're coming to you online in light of the fact that the global corona pandemic has finally found its way to Namibia and government has taken precaution in order to preserve public health and therefore has decided to prohibit large gatherings of the nature that we usually have on a Sunday. But we really felt like it wasn't a reason why we shouldn't share the word this morning and have you participate in a form of worship. And we trust that uh, wherever you are, that the word of God will be able to reach you this morning. And we also believe that uh, despite everything that's happening, it's essential that we plug in uh, to the word of God and uh, share with you exactly what it is that God is saying in this time. Uh, We also felt that um, over the next couple of weeks, we will probably be using a lot of our online platforms and uh, we'll keep in touch with you. So please make sure that you reach out to us on uh, Facebook as well as Instagram. If you go on Google and you just Google Every Nation Dorado, you should be able to find us. And then also on our website, we have all our, our sermons over the past few years and we'll also be loading them on this channel on YouTube to make sure that you're well equipped with material in order to continue your growth in the Lord. As a church here at Every Nation, we we believe that we see a transformed society that advances the kingdom of God through discipleship in the Word, in the presence, and in the power of God. And our mission is really to plant churches around the world in Every Nation. And uh, our focus is that we are to be Christ-centered and Spirit-empowered and socially responsible. This morning, I really just wanted to address a little bit the whole uh, Corona corona pandemic. It is something that is affecting the entire world, not only um, in terms of medicine, but also economically. Uh, This morning, I brought my, my own mask with me. It is one of the preventative measures that have been advised. But together with that, there's a lot of material going around as to how hygienic we need to be and cautious uh, in order to make sure that we, we maintain health all around. So I think there are a couple of people who have asked, okay, but we are a people of faith. Shouldn't we just continue as is? Um, isn't there a decision that we have to make in order to basically just ignore what's happening around us? And uh, that is certainly the case in the sense that we're not going to be a fearful people. We're not going to take a fearful approach. We are people of hope. The Word of God does say that um, life and death is in the power of the tongue. I did want to share with you a couple of scriptures in this context that are important for us. First and foremost, it says in the book of Psalms 28, verse 7, that the Word of God is living and active, and it is sharper than any double edged sword. And that means that when we are dealing with the Word of God, it is actually active enough to be able to affect not only our spiritual walk, but also our bodies. And in this time, I really want to encourage all of us to get into the Word of God. It says in Proverbs 4 that the Word of God is medicine unto all our flesh, unto our bones. And so apart from all the preventative measures that we're taking, whether it be uh, the sanitation that we're putting on our hands or uh, whatever measures we're taking to boost immunity, it is important that we don't neglect the Word of God in this time. I also want to encourage you to take the communion during this time tomorrow will be our fasting day over the next couple of weeks please join us on a monday fasting and praying trusting that god will intervene with regards to this plague that's going around the world the other scripture that i thought was really important for us to meditate on over the next couple of weeks is psalm 91 And Psalm 91 is a psalm about God's protection. It says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I'll say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the foulest snare and from the deadly pestilence, meaning uh, disease or plague. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart, and you will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence or the disease or the virus that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your right, ten thousand at your right hand, but you will will not be harmed, it will not come near you. In verse 8 it says, you will only observe and see the punishment of the wicked. And if you say, the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the snake, and you will trample on the great lion and the serpent. And verse 14, it says, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. And he will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. And so the Word of God is a seed. As we plant it in the soil of our hearts, it will begin to bear the fruit which it promises. And so this morning I want to encourage you, wherever you are with your family, over the next couple of weeks, make sure that you are planted and rooted in the Word of God. Don't don't neglect the Word because the Word is your life. And while the news is going off and we're getting information everywhere, I want to encourage all of us to be a people of hope that will continuously be sharing hope that will continuously use this time as an opportunity to be salt and light in the world and so before we go into our series and the message that we've got for today i just want to pray for you wherever you are that you will continue to be established in the truth of god's word father in the name of jesus i pray for everyone that's listening this morning And everyone that's watching us today i pray in the name of jesus that fear will not take root in their hearts i pray lord that their confidence will be in you father i pray that your angels will preserve them i pray that their children will be protected i pray that the elderly around them will be preserved we speak life and health upon them in the name of jesus We pray that the Word of God will be a shield and a buckler around them, Father. I thank you, Lord God, that no harm will befall them. I thank you that as they are in the Word these next few weeks, as they are having Holy Communion, Father, that the power of the Holy Spirit will begin to take root in their lives and begin to prevent whatever attack of the enemy has come upon them, Father. And we thank you that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. And I declare in the name of Jesus... Life and health is their portion. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So I hope you prayed with us this morning concerning that. Well, we have a couple of scriptures that share about the importance of biblical quarantine. And that has to do with when you're in a situation where you have an infection of some sort that you will actually set yourself apart. This is actually a biblical principle. The Old Testament in the time when they didn't have antibiotics and all sorts of medicines, you'll see a lot of the scriptures here on the screen showing us that God's wisdom was that you actually have to separate that person from the congregation. We have many other scriptures all throughout Leviticus. You'll see that principle coming through 7 days, 14 days, whatever it is in order for people to make sure that disease doesn't spread within the community. Obviously today with treatments that we have might not have to go that far, but in the context specifically of the coronavirus, that is the case where uh, quarantine is key. And it might not be that it prevents it all along, but it does slow down the infection rate of this disease. So there are a couple of scriptures just for you to consider this morning as we uh, consider what's going on around the, the country. So I want to remind you, continue speaking life, continue be, being the encouraging voice in your family. All right, so this week we are continuing with our series that we started the previous week called This Is Us. And last week we had amazing messages, they are also on the YouTube channel, on uh, the importance of being connected as a family. I want to encourage you to please go back if you have missed that message and take hold of that. This morning I'm sharing on This Is Us and I'm calling my message Serving Power. We're going to speak about the importance of availing yourself and serving in the house of God. Now this morning um, I'm here and we've set up this platform quickly because of the news that we received yesterday that we will not be able to have gatherings. And it is only because some individuals have woken up early last night we were speaking together concerning how we set this up and their servant hearts have led them to be able to bring this ministration to you this morning and i really want to commend the media team for for that hard work that they that they're putting together this morning it it really is creating a new platform for us to have church and so if you see them please commend them for all that they're doing. So this morning we're sharing on Serving Power. If you've got your Bible, I'd like you to turn with me to the book of John, chapter 13. We're going to read from verse 1 to verse 17. If you can follow with me on the screen here, but it's really important that you you acquaint yourself with your Bible. And so I'll be reading. It says, It says, Jesus washes the disciples' feet. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Verse 2, the evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Verse 3 says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. That's a very important point there. And then verse 4, so he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them With the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord are you going to wash my feet? And verse 7 Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Verse 9, then the Lord, then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. It was almost as if the coronavirus was also um, spreading at that time, the way that Peter was suggesting that the Lord wash his feet and his hands and everywhere. Anyway, verse, verse 10. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. And verse 12, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and turned, returned to his place. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So this is the word of God and Jesus, just before he goes to the cross, he takes his disciples and he performs this, this act of service, which is in that culture only to be done by the least in the household so what would happen is whenever visitors would come the servants and the slaves in the household would perform the act of washing the feet of these visitors and usually because of the terrain of of Israel dusty roads most people were not wearing all sorts of sneakers and beautiful shoes they were wearing sandals And those sandals would allow dust and grime and all sorts of dirt to come into people's feet. And so Jesus was really taking a stance of a slave in this context. And all the disciples, especially Peter, found it difficult to subject himself to a position where Jesus was doing the act, which almost indicated that Jesus was lower or lesser than the disciples themselves. And so if we were in that situation, taking of ourselves, we might be embarrassed to say, look, I don't want you to wash my feet. We consider in our lives, whoever is the most important person in your life, if they came and said, let me do the dirtiest job in your house, you would be quite uncomfortable. But Jesus was doing this for a reason. And we're looking at the example that he's setting this morning. As a spiritual family, because this is something that we should perpetuate as we are together in serving one another. So number one, point number one, Jesus came to serve. In verse three, it says Jesus knew that the father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So Jesus came not to be served, but to serve, giving his life as a ransom. But the only, I see here in verse 3, the only reason why Jesus could step out of his deity, out of his position of glory, and abase himself and humble himself to the point of taking on flesh, and not only that, to the point of washing our feet, to the point of going to the cross, was the the secret is here in verse 3. It says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. And then it says, so he got up from the meal and took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. And so because Jesus knew who he was, he knew God's purpose for his life. He knew what God had planned for him. He knew how the father felt about him. He had enough security to be able to let go of his title, to be able to let go of his prominence and take on the position of a servant in order to fulfill the father's desire. Many times we find ourselves in church God is doing amazing things in our lives. Our lives are being transformed. We're on the receiving end of most of the ministration. Most people are giving to us. We're in a place where we keep receiving and getting and getting and getting. Of course, because Jesus loves me. Yes, I know for the Bible tells me so. And so we're on the receiving end of that all. But God expects us to get to the point where we know who we are, where we are established in our identity in Christ, sufficiently so that we can begin to put ourselves aside, forget about our own selfish interests, and begin to apply ourselves in serving one another. During our previous series when we were talking about love Liz here, we spoke about the fact that God's love language is obedience and loving people. And in in the epistle of John, it says that it's impossible for you to love God without loving your neighbor that you can see. You can't claim to love God whom you cannot see, and you don't love your neighbor whom you see. And how is it that we love one another? We serve each other. We lay our lives down for each other. And we follow the example that Jesus had and Jesus gave, which was to serve. In fact, he says at the end of that passage, says I have done this so that I can set you an example I'm the teacher I'm the Lord and rightly so and yet I'm the one that's laying my life down for you and so wherever you are you might be part of our church you might not be part of our church you might be in another church and many times People feel disconnected from the family. They feel like, no, I don't feel a part of this church. Nobody cares. Nobody visits me. Nobody is a friend with me. But that happens when you begin to get involved in the life of the church, which happens not only in sitting on Sunday and listening to the message, but when you are involved in setting things up, in serving the body, in actually contributing to the body. You know, if any part of our bodies is actually not contributing to the life of the body, soon enough, that part is going to be cut off. And so it is really important that you realize that if you are part of the body of Christ, that you begin to take on the example of Jesus and begin to serve. I know in our churches in Manila, in the Philippines, some of the people that are ushers are generals in the army. And so despite their high position, their high title, you might say, no, I'm a CEO. I can't be washing the floors before the service starts. Or no, I'm, I'm a CFO. I, I manage the, the finances of a large organization. I can't be seen handing out, handing out the, the, the offering basket. Or you might claim that you're, you're this important person. I'm a minister of whatever. I'm a politician. It is not good for me to come without my contingent. And all the bodyguards, how am I going to bring along all my bodyguards in order to serve in church so early? (laughs) And it is as if our position of prominence in society have caused us to graduate outside of Christianity, outside of what God has called us to be. And the Word of God tells us that in Christ there is no male nor female, there is no Jew nor Gentile, and there is no slave or free, master or servant. All of us are the same in Christ. When we stand before God, there is no one that is more important, so important that they don't have to serve in the house of God. So Jesus, he is the Lord of Lords and King of Kings, and he laid down his life. He came to serve. Ask yourself, who am I that I'm not serving in the kingdom of God? The second point is this. Serving is greatness, not a means to it. I'll say that again. Serving is greatness. It's not only a means to it. Let's read here from Matthew 20, verse 24 to 28. It says, when the ten ten heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. Now, just for background, what was happening here is that two of the disciples went to Jesus and started jogging for position with their mom helping them and speaking to Jesus saying, when you come into your kingdom one day, will you make sure that my son sit at your right hand and at your left hand? They were actually trying to lobby for political position and power to be in the cabinet to make sure that they are included in, in, in in the seats of power. And the disciples, the other disciples, found out about this and they were totally upset. And so Jesus called them together, verse 25, and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant verse 27 and whoever wants to be first must be your slave this is the words of jesus speaking to his disciples verse 28 just as the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many So in church, many times today, you will find great positions of importance and prominence. You'll find special seats for special people. And many times people come into the kingdom of God and the selfish ambition that they had in the world, they brought it in with them and they are lobbying with God even that God will bless them to the point where they can be in the position of lordship and prominence. So when you speak to them about serving, they believe that serving is only the access towards not serving. It's the access towards being served. But the Word of God here tells us that when you want to be the leader, you have to be the servant you have to be the one who pays the highest price you have to be the one who makes the most sacrifices you have to be the one who is willing to do the menial jobs the least jobs before you can be a leader and while you're a leader you'll be serving in a different capacity but your heart will still be that of a servant leader Many times on national levels, we've got issues internationally with leaders who have taken power and power has corrupted their hearts to the point where they confuse their position of service as a minister. Minister means servant. As a president, they they confuse their positions of prominence as seats of worship, which is totally idolatrous and incorrect. And God will hold us accountable if we are leaders who have people serve us and worship us when we have no interest in those whom we are living in the place where we should be serving them. Many times in the home, in the family, especially in African cultures, even in the Asian cultures, South America, you find many husbands who are happy that they got married because finally I've got someone who is going to do the servanthood services in my family. And so they come in, they they put their feet up, kick off their shoes, and from that day on, that woman becomes his slave. Totally wrong. The book of Ephesians says that wives are to submit to their husbands Correct. But then it says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Even to the point of death. he served the disciples. He served the body of Christ. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Meaning, the husband of the church, Jesus, doesn't require service as much as he came to serve the body came to serve his bride came to serve the kingdom of god and so we need to learn this as well many times you might be in the media ministry you might be in the worship ministry those platform ministries and you want to be the kind of person that is doing the main song and you've been on the worship team now for a couple of months and you're waiting for that opportunity you even invite your your friends especially when you're singing but when you're not singing or when you're not on stage on the worship team, you don't invite them because they, they only need to come and see you. And so we, we miss the point. And this is important because pride begins to creep in when our hearts are full of ambition and we don't have a heart to serve. Serving is not a means to greatness. Serving is greatness. The greatest of us are the best servants because we carry the heart of those who God has called us to lead. I want to encourage you, if you're a leader, wherever you are, even if you're an employer, you must have in your heart the heart of a servant. Even as a leader, you need to have the heart of a servant, somebody that thinks about others more than themselves. It will make you an amazing amazing leader. People who have no heart to serve and just come in order to get a platform to become great need to be tested. And many times God sends you a leader that will test you to see whether you are faithful. Do you come on time? Do you only come when it's your, your, your time to shine? Or are you there when nobody sees? Are you there when nobody will acknowledge you If you can make that room in your heart that you are not serving people, but you're serving people by serving God, then your heart will be right. In fact, it speaks in the Word of God about the importance that people who are employees need to serve, need to serve in their company or in in the farm or whatever business they work at, as unto the Lord. And not unto men. Not with eye service. Only when the, when the employer is there then you act as if you're serving. But when nobody's there looking, you have no interest. That's the test that you're failing. And so I want to encourage us this morning. Serving is greatness. In the home, in the church, in the workplace, in business, in government, wherever you find yourself, if you want to be great, serve if you never get promoted serve if you never become a leader serve your service is your place of prominence your service is the place where god sees and then the third point is serving leads to destiny many times i have people come up after the service and they say pastor please please pray for me um, I, need, I need guidance. I need to find out what I should do with my life. And I pray for them and I minister to them. And then I ask them, are you serving someone? Are you involved where you can begin to, to see the flow of, of your gifts and talents and discover what you're good at, what you're not good at? Serving really leads to discovering your destiny. We're reading here from Luke chapter 5, verse 1 to 10. It says, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Verse 6. It says, When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled the boat, both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners in business. And Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for And the question this morning, as we read this passage, is that Jesus came to Peter and he asked him if he could use his resources, his talents, for the sake of ministering to other people. He said to Peter, put out your boat. And Jesus sat from Peter's boat, Peter could have thought, who is this guy? Why, why is he using my boat? Why can't he use, there are many other guys down here. Why, why doesn't he use their boats? And many times we don't understand the hidden blessing in inviting and answering the call of God to serve. And so Peter said, yes. After that, Jesus ministered to the people and Jesus always rewards. He always rewards our service. The word of God says, God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love in the manner in which you have ministered unto the saints. But God is faithful. He always sees our service. If nobody else sees, he sees our service. And he sees the motive with which we did it. And it says that after Jesus ministered to the crowd, he turned to Peter and gave him another instruction. And this instruction was for the benefit of Peter's business. And he told him, throw out your net again. Peter began to explain to Jesus, because obviously Jesus is a carpenter, so he doesn't know the fishing business. And Peter, they've been fishing all along. He said, there are no fish here. We've tried all night. But at your word, he says, at your word, because you have said so in verse five, because you have said so, I will let down the nets. Many times we're in a place where we don't have the time to serve. We're telling people, oh, no, but it's not my area of strength. Oh, I'm shy. Oh, this or that. And God is the one through the Holy Spirit who is telling us, no, you need to serve someone. And if we, like Peter, begin to say, okay, Lord, I know what I know. But because you've said so, I will serve. We will begin to see miracles unfold in our lives and our destiny beginning to open up. And so it says in verse 6, when they had done so, they caught such a large, such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So the favor that breaks open in your life when you follow the instruction of Christ, the instruction of Jesus to serve in whatever capacity God is calling you to serve, the blessing comes towards you. And it is not something that Peter expected at all, but it is something that we must understand that God always brings a benefit. Seen or unseen, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And so we, we see here that they had to even call their partners in the business. They signal no to them, come and help us because of the large blessing that was coming into the business. They had no room to contain it. Their nets were breaking, their ships were sinking because of the favor of God that was coming on their lives. Can you imagine Many times we're in a position where our lives are not moving forward. And God is telling us, I want you to serve in this capacity and in that capacity. And we say, no, Lord, I've already tried that. No, Lord, I'm too important for that. Lord, I'm too small. I'm too big for that. I'm not, I don't have the time. And we begin to tell God all the excuses as to why we shouldn't do what he's advising us to do. But Jesus encouraged Peter and Peter, being a sinful man, Went into. And straight after he began to see the favor of God opening in his life, the next thing that happened is repentance in his heart. I know many people that do not grow spiritually and they have not grown spiritually because they have not been serving. They have not been serving. Growth does not come from eating a lot, growth comes when you begin to feed others. This is why, as a church, we believe so much in making disciples, that our growth path takes you from getting salvation from Christ and you get equipped, but we want to aim you towards the point where you are actually in a position where you are feeding others, where you are spiritually taking care of others, because that's the time when you actually begin to experience your growth. The pains of people not coming to the meetings that you've set up. The pains of praying for people who seem to be backsliding after you baptize them. The pains of encouraging people to read their word day after day after day after day. The pains of walking with someone until they begin to have Christ formed in them. That is what makes you grow. That's what causes you to mature. In Ephesians it says that God has given the fivefold ministry to equip the saints so that they can minister. And so then we will no longer be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, but we will come to maturity. And so we see that when you begin to serve in the capacity that God has led you to serve, you begin to see your life and destiny begin to unfold. And so Peter says, go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. The word of God says the goodness of God is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. And then Jesus spoke to him and said, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. This would be the same as Jesus speaking to someone and telling them, I want you to join the cleanup ministry. All you will be doing is cleaning cleaning up the toilets before the church service. I want you to bless someone by cleaning their house. I want you to go and serve. And after you do that, the Holy Spirit speaks in your heart and says, don't worry, don't be afraid. From now on, you will clean men's hearts. You will clean people's hearts. And so your destiny begins to unfold through something that you consider to be insignificant. How important is it to come and be part of a ministry somewhere in church, to be serving somewhere, whether it's a musical talent that, that a person has or whatnot. And many times, especially for those of us who are gifted in the musical arts, we feel like, man, why am I serving on this worship team and I don't get paid? I, I, I could be making my money somewhere else. We've got people who are talented artists and they are out there and they could be earning money On a a Sunday morning with their their talents. The Word of God says you cannot serve two masters. If you do everything for money, you can't serve God. And it is so important that 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 weed that is in our hearts be uprooted. And that we do things because we love the family. This is us. We do it because we love one another. Because we love God. This is why we serve. Martin Luther King Jr., this is what he said, everybody can be great because anybody can serve. Everybody can be great because anybody can serve. And the impact of our lives will be measured by the service that that we've done. Many times people look at people who are billionaires and they've got a lot of money and when you ask and you analyze why these people have made that much capital, they've made so much money, you will consider and ask yourself how many people do they serve with their gift? How many people utilize their product? How many people around the world are actually taking advantage of this grace that's upon their lives. And it is only because they serve many people that the reward is large. In the same way, I want to encourage you with these words to say that as a church, as a believer, set down your heart in the hands of God and begin to apply yourself. Begin to apply yourself in serving. Past couple of months, we've been seeing a lot of people volunteering and coming and joining ministries within the church. I really commend us for that. It's really, really, really a great, wonderful change. And many of the relationships that will be formed in those small ministries will be a blessing beyond the church. I really see us growing in our graces, in our abilities, Only because we are serving one another in love. And so if you're not serving anywhere, if you're not serving anywhere in the church, I want to encourage you, there are so many ministries where you can serve. If you don't know where, speak to our leaders, usher, join the sound ministry, join the praise and worship ministry, wherever, whatever. If you've got hands and you've got a mouth, you've got eyes, you can greet, whatever you can do. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today concerning the importance of serving in the family of God. And so this morning, I want to pray for us. I want to pray and I want to ask that God will really move on our hearts. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single person listening this morning and watching this this broadcast this morning. I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you open their eyes, that they will see that they will see the area that you are calling them to serve in. That they will not say, yeah, I serve outside. No, that they will find a place in the house of God where they are planted and serving. I want to pray for husbands who are at home who are lazy, who don't apply themselves, who don't serve their families in any manner. I pray that today they will repent and that they will find their joy in serving their families. I pray, Father God, even for wives. There are some wives nowadays Who don't serve in any way. I pray even for those wives, God. I ask, Lord, that they will repent and learn how to serve their families. Even for the singles, Lord. I thank you, God, that in every way they'll begin to mature by serving wherever they find themselves. I pray for people who struggle in the workplace to work hard and serve the interests of the employer. Even when the boss is not watching, I pray for grace this morning upon them, Father. I thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit is transforming our hearts by the Word of God, and I thank you, Lord, that you will continue to do your work in our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So I want to ask, if you don't know Jesus Christ this morning, you're not born again, you're not a a believer this morning, you might attend church or not, I want to encourage you to give your life to Christ. In fact, during this time, coronavirus is in Namibia. (laughs) There's no better time than when there's a threat of death upon our lives, that we will turn to Christ and begin to realize that there is life after death. And so if that's you, just pray after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I ask that you come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. I repent today of living selfishly, living as if I am God. And today, Lord Jesus I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe that you are raised from the dead. Come and be Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. So this morning, I wanna encourage you, please stay in touch with us, stay in the word of God, continue speaking life. Remember Psalm 91. Remember, this is a good time to have communion with your family, if you can, every single day have communion. It's the medicine of the word of God. It's the medicine of the the body of Christ. And I want to encourage you also on our platforms, please like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and also subscribe to our YouTube channel and uh, press the notification button so that whenever we send an announcement, whenever we send out a message, whenever we're sending out anything to encourage you, that you will be well, well well informed concerning what's happening please also share this video with uh, all your friends all your family especially if they come to our church that we will all be on the same page may god bless you have a wonderful sunday and remember that jesus loves you and he is your preservation and your health may god bless you in jesus name amen thank you for listening For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.